Welcome to the BeastNet Podcast, proudly presented by the Beast Obstacle Course Racers and sponsored by GH Unders Performance Base Layers. Here we discuss all things athleticism to obstacle course racing, endurance to nutrition, our team, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hi, this is Mike with BeastNet. I'm here with Ryan Hedinger and Tessa Turnbull, and we're going to sit down for a little bit and talk about Iceland and um, everything else. OCR with them. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. How are you guys doing? Uh, good. Better. Fully recovered. Getting there. <laughs> Getting there. <laughs> so. Starting to feel normal. Uh, let's start with how was Iceland? I mean, I know I've seen pictures and it's brutal. gorgeous. Well, I know that part was brutal. but brutal. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, it, it didn't seem like it was too cold. Uh, we were there uh, for a longer period of time, and kind of to me, it seemed like it was more of this Washington weather of cold and warm with the rain and back to the cold. Yeah. Yeah, they had more snow than we did, but uh, weather-wise, it just seemed like Washington in a way. Oh, wow. See, I heard a lot of it, too. It was the, the wind. Like, there was just an ungodly, like, wind that never stopped. Cold, you can't walk and blowing you over. You're sliding on ice. On, on the course, on the course, the, the, a storm came in, and I mean, it was whipping up a storm. I remember uh, watching a, a group, she was trying to put on her, I think, her rain pants, and uh, the wind just took them, took them up and over the mountain, and uh, yeah, they were gone. They were, they were gone. There was no catching. Wow. You, know, you had to literally, you had to literally walk into leaning into the wind just to move forward or it was going to push you sideways or a direction you didn't want to go on. Especially when you were up top uh, near the edges. Yeah, you really wanted to lean in. And you turn your face because it wasn't snow. It was like ice pelting in the face and it hurt so bad. You're like, oh my God. Oh, wow. So you're laughing at the same time because you're like, what are we doing? You're saying Ryan has a beard so that'd be a little better, more protection. Well, So I know both of you, did you both go for the agogi? Yes. Okay. How, how was that? I know. I 13 official hours. It was what? I lasted 13 official hours and got to see a lot of things that I wouldn't have. Yeah. I wouldn't have attempted. And I mean, it's, from what I've heard, it was a brutal. And I mean, it's something I'd never want to attempt. So, I mean, just attempting it, you, you have my, yeah, my respect. That's amazing. So... And that's Great good. Time. We got to hike for like 10 plus hours. It was, it was a lot of hiking. Uh, the most, I think the most uncomfortable part for me was uh, the micro spike uh, where they sat on the, on, on the balls of your feet just trying to walk like that for 36. Oh, wow. So, plod through. Um, but I mean, it, it was a lot of, there was a lot of backpacking uh, through some, uh, terrain that was uneven, poor footing. I mean, you had your snow, and some of it was packed, and some wasn't, so you'd break through, and so you're yelling back to the line so everybody hears where there's a hole at, so they don't sink down and drop to a knee, especially when we were carrying the, the, the fire and everything. 
they need to be warned of, of footing yeah. more than anything so it didn't tip the fire or, or shift any of the coals that were in there to just, just kind of put that out for us. And I saw that fire rig. That was kind of cool. It was really cool. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, yeah thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, I saw that fire rig. That was pretty cool that, you know, basically so that you could carry the fire with you the whole time. That, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they decided to show us how to build fire, you know, down by the lake and then wanted us to be able to stay warm after we, after they made us get in the water to go get our pack. Um, so, That's that's the thing you learn from each one. Yes. Yeah. There are a lot of rainproofing and the icer. They bring a whole can of that. <laughs> wow. That, that's not something I would think I'd want to bring on a hike is the icer. That's not something I would think about. If I needed the icer, I'm probably not going. <laughs> well, afterward, we think about it. Like, man, would have made it so much easier. Yikes. Easily made our packs about 10 to 20 pounds heavier after it got thrown in the lake and then it froze. Jeez. So, so I wasn't even thinking about that. What other things happen? I mean, it's one of those things, I mean, because the agogi, for people who don't know, is what? It's supposed to be 60 hours, right? Straight. Yeah, it's a 60-hour it's a event. So 36 of it for us was uh, the trek from from where they dropped us off at. Uh, they dropped us off at a certain point. I can't remember the name, but like they dropped us off at. Uh, but our trek was us. 36 hours hiking to the venue site so we could start uh, the 24-hour ultra race. So we started at point A and our end destination was the venue site. Um, we, we hiked across, well, we hiked up some like uh, forest service trails, uh, then kind of cross country, cross uh, like a, I think it was like a lava field or something, you know, uh, where a bunch of caves were formed. There was supposedly a lot of holes, so we had to stay single file uh, when we were going through that portion. And then early early morning, we got to a point to where uh, uh, there was a tent set up for us to all deposit our packs in, uh, grab a helmet, and then go down into one of the uh, the lava caves. Is oh. They had us go down. And, yeah, it was absolutely beautiful, and <laughs> about at the same time, yeah, we were getting yelled at it was, by a it was horrific, 
you know, uh, if you've ever, if anybody's ever been through uh, boot camp uh, where the, the drill sergeants or the company commanders just yell at you, berate you, uh, tell you you're stupid. And you're take their clothes off. Ignorant. What? I'm yeah, so it changes a whole new thing when they like mean to you, yell at you, tell you to take your clothes off. That usually goes into a different direction, but <laughs> when they yell at you, take your clothes off. Some people pay good money for that, but <laughs> well, this, this again was to humiliate and, and degrade us in a way. I, I think to kind of break our spirits and, and to see if we could be broken. Again, they, they had us go down to basically our base layer and or, or our skivvies. And uh, uh, basically, they kind of fear tactics. They, they turned out the lights so there was no lights within the cave. And who's going to quit? Walk up to me. Name someone's name. They, they wanted us to call people out and or for us to drop out ourselves. Uh, you know, and, and then... And then we got to bear crawl uh, down the cave uh, on the nice jagged rocks, you know, the gloves. Yeah, we had our boots on, thank God. Uh, but we get to bear crawl down, pick up a rock, bear crawl back, and then hold that in front of us or over our head for a little more beratement. Uh, and, and then, you know, what were we? Were we stupid for doing the adogi or were we arrogant for doing the adogi? You know, there was no right or wrong answers. Uh, basically, they're just trying to tell you either way, you're either going to risk harm to yourself or you're going to risk yourself or to others. Yeah. Uh, so kind of eye-opening in that fact. Uh, you know, uh, again, I myself thinking in my head when the guy's yelling at us, talking to us, I'm like, just shut up. That's all I wanted him to do was shut up because it was just annoying. Yeah, and some people, you know, like doing any endurance that, that just don't talk. Yeah. I mean, come on. What did you take out of it? What was that? You know, uh, out of that experience itself? Out of all of it. I mean, it, it sounds like, I mean, it was, I mean, you're only talking what, you're like a couple hours into it at this point, right? Well, no, we were about 10 hours into it at this point when we reached the cave. Yeah, we were about 10 hours in. See, the cave so, sounds fun to me. I love geology. Mile. Yeah, I, I love geology, so the caves sound great, but the rest of it sounds does not sound fun at all. We got to see the sunrise when we came out of it, so... Oh, that'd be cool. Like, oh, my God, it was amazing. No, to, to be honest, uh, uh, so after the, after the 36 hours, and then I did my first lap on that ultra course where the storm rolled in, uh, I found myself alone on the course towards the end. Uh, I felt... Uh, physically defeated, uh, I was just exhausted and tired, and uh, coming into the transition area, uh, in my mindset, uh, I was already thinking about uh, contacting the Cryptea and, and ringing the bell, you know, after that first round, I mean, it was so brutal and awesome, so, I mean, I think I think Dirk tried to say hi to me, but I wasn't paying attention to anybody, I was looking for my pack. Uh, for my running bag, uh, just like so getting food in me before I went to talk to Cortez. Uh, I, I know that I ran into uh, to Tessa, and I, I kind of told her my uh, my feelings and how I felt. I was just all crazy, guys. Yeah, she she told me that uh, you're not quitting. Um, I, I even I even talked to a couple other people. Uh, I even talked to Yara, who uh, who completed 
several yogis, and she told me no, that I'm not quitting. Uh, you know, a couple of people told me, that, you know, hey, sit down, rest, get warm, get a change of clothes, get something warm in you, some soup, some coffee. Tessa was a, a big help on that one uh, with, with the coffee and the soup. I was a little more blunt, though. Um, That's you. No, you're not. You know, I, I guess after I had a half hour nap uh, <laughs> and I changed out of my running clothes with my yogi gear back on, uh, hiking boots and all. Um, I think I think that's when it kind of clicked in me. Uh, I grabbed another person from the yogi, and he looked defeated as well. He asked me, he says, "Are you going back out there?" I said, "Yeah." So we decided to go out together, and then we kind of. We joined up with a few other people, and I mean, then we went. We went out just like a, as as a team of, of five or six, sticking with each other, uh, helping through each other through the obstacles. Um, you know, motivating each other. Yeah. Not being alone definitely helped. Yeah. In that environment, because it was yeah brutal. I mean, the, the beginning cliff uh, was hairy and scary. You know, having somebody kind of wait for you up at the top, knowing that that you're on your way and, and, and uh, making sure that you actually made it to the top is kind of key, too. Uh, it's like a sheer face of ice. Yeah. The, the ice on the first round, I mean, I know I slipped and I fell on my back, knocked the wind out of me. Uh, they had two sections of, of bender that we had to climb up and over, and uh, that, that first round, my arms were just physically spent. Uh, I had to detangle myself off of the bender before I fell. Uh, and, and I took the penalty lap on that, you know, no shame. Uh, I mean, I was exhausted that first round. But, I mean, it seemed to get easier as we went along. Uh, I mean, after the second round, I think we had a, I think we had maybe a half-hour break before we went back out again. And then we had, like, a short 10, 15-minute break before we had to go on our last lap. I mean. That last one was rough, though. I never fell so many times. After you got all the way to the top, it was just like another straight sheet of ice down. I fell so many times. Thank God I didn't like break a wrist or an elbow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it. You know, to do thirty-six hours of hiking and trekking with a pack on, however much it weighed, with that extra weight, and then just to drop it off to get changed to go hit a a, a running course, you know, and only having a total of 45 minutes of sleep for a whole 60-hour event, if, if that. I mean, it was, it was, it was tiring. I'm, I'm glad I did it. Uh, I tell Yogi, everybody's talking, hey, Mongolia, Mongolia. I'm like, Hawaii. I did listen to the, uh, the, the one uh, podcast. Oh, yeah, we both were sitting in the listening to the podcast with Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with Mark Peterson. And I know Adam's got a task of trying to get a hundred pieces signed up for the, oh, yeah. uh, for the Kodiak Alaska. So uh, I think I'm down for winter, uh, more than I am for the warmer weather right now. I think I'm more prepared for it. Uh, this time I'll be smart and I'll, I'll make sure I do like I saw some people do. They, they took their MRE. Yeah, and uh, when they were when they were warming their meal with their the, the packet, they had it inside their 
their shirts and everything to kind of oh. keep them warm during that trek. So That's a good point. There's a couple different things that I watch them for people and what they're doing. Hey, you can't be anchor. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. There was some good advice about putting your food in your pocket, and I'm glad I did that because I couldn't unzip my food pocket on yeah. the backpack. Yeah, that's what you were saying earlier, that they, they froze. I would have never thought of a zipper freezing, but I guess it makes sense. But yeah. And I couldn't adjust my, my hip belt, so it was all carrying on my shoulders and my neck, because mm-hmm. it was frozen. Wow. So I couldn't adjust it to sit right on my hip. And there's pretty much half the people that have that issue. So. And we had to bring a cell phone with us, because if you bow and put it any time, it's not going to back. Like, oh yeah, we'll take you back. No, you're out there. in friggin' ice in the middle of nowhere. You got a map and a cousin for a reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you can find your way back. So I know, Tessa, you said you didn't finish the Agogi, but you did finish the Ultra, right? I did. Yeah. By the time I got back and got my other stuff back, I only had about six hours before I had to go back to the Ultra. Okay. Because I know for a lot of people that, you know... Oh, I missed it. What was that? Oh, I missed um, 20 hours, basically. Yeah. Because I know for a lot of people that don't know is basically the, like you said, the the gogi, the first 36 hours was a hike and crazy stuff like in a cave, it sounds like. But the ultra was multiple laps, like 24 hours of multiple laps, right? Yeah. That pretty much finished the gogi. So Ryan ended up getting both. By finishing the ultra, he ended up getting both the gogi and the ultra. You finished the ultra. Yeah, he didn't finish ultra, then he didn't get either one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Go ahead, Tessa. I bowed out because my pack was just too heavy. I couldn't carry any longer, and I was going up to my knees in the snow, and I was just getting slower and slower. I wasn't keeping up with, like, the main pack. Yeah. So when I bowed out, there ended up being five or six people that did at the same time. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know you're here. I 
was 30, and by the time we got to the venue, we were uh, at 22 strong. That would start the ultra event. Wow. I don't even know how many people being for it. Yeah, we don't know how many people signed up for the event, uh, but yeah. A lot more than 30. Yeah, a lot more than 30. And how many uh, people finished the ultra, like finished all of it? So basically, you're saying there's like 50% of the people that signed up dropped out after the first lap, but yet yes. of the ultra. But then there's the people that actually did the agogi before that had 36 hours that kept going. Did you was the ultra just a timed thing, or did you have to do so many laps? You had to, in order to complete the agogi, you had to do thirty miles. And that lap had to be between nine and noon. Yeah. Okay. So you had to like time manage yourself. Yeah, we left. We left our last lap. My last lap was at like seven something, and uh, we seven in the morning, and we didn't finish until. Uh, Nice. So when I went across the ring, the guy that actually won it watched my line and was behind me. So I got done and I was like, yeah, woo! And I was like, what are the cameras here? I went back to go get my gloves because I took my gloves off to do the ring. And I was like, oh God, he's trying to duck out of the camera. And then he ran across the bench, asked his girlfriend to marry him. So that was like, how awesome was that to be right there for that moment? Oh, that's awesome. No kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty epic. So, you're all emotional at that time because you have like no sleep and you're like, oh my god. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so, had she done the race or was she just a spectator? She was, was his, what was it uh, called? They were, she was probably part of his pit crew. Pit crew, yeah. Okay. Because see, for me, I think that'd be the perfect time to get, like ask a woman to marry you is like when they've been doing something for 60 hours is awake, they're delivered. They're delirious and they can't say no because they don't know what they're saying. So that's right. That's right. But he carried the ring on him in his bag. Oh wow! See, that would scare me. I, I don't even. I don't even wear my wedding wedding ring on races. I take it off before a race because that's my biggest fear is that I'm going to be in a mud pit and it's going to come sliding off my finger and I'm going to lose it. Yeah, that's a fear. Yeah, no. Very good one. For sure, your wife probably kill you if you lost it. Oh yeah, she would. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Would you do it again? I would. And when I bowed out, Mark was like, all right, you have to promise me you're going to do another one. And I'm looking at him like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll do another one. And he actually was really nice. Before I even got back to where I was staying, he had already messaged me because I hadn't like, turned my phone on or anything yet. So when I got back and had him set to Wi-Fi, he already messaged me a super sweet message to make me feel better. It's good. About having to bow out. Yeah, it was really nice. So then when I saw him back at the Ultra, he was like, well, let's just figure out how to get that weight down in your backpack. <laughs> like, sounds good to me. All right, well, we'll have to figure that out so you can do it again. Yeah. Yes, I would do another one. Uh, like, pe- people are talking about the Angolia that's in September. And uh, unfortunately for me, a, a lot of, a lot of my summertime is, is spent uh, vacation-wise, uh, scheduled around my daughters and everything like that. So, I mean, when it comes to, to any of the, the yogis, I think I'm more apt for the winter ones because that's when I have more free time uh, for myself to do it. I, you know, um, uh, I love spending time with my daughters, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the summertime and, and go do certain fun things with them. That way we can build memories. But uh, the, the winter yogis, uh, I, I think those will build on my memories. Uh, we'll see. I may have to learn and, and follow some Wim Hof uh, uh, techniques and whatnot. <laughs> but, yeah, start taking some ice cold baths, you know, get used to it. Yeah, it wasn't so much the cold for me. I just couldn't keep carrying that pack and not be able to adjust the weight distribution. I was just getting slower and slower. But and the, after doing so many things that I've already done, I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to go another 20 hours carrying the weight. I was carrying the backpack. But see, that's what's amazing is so, for, you don't, you're looking at this as a learning experience. You're like, okay, this is what went wrong. And this is what I need to figure out how to fix for the next time. And that's what I think is amazing, is your whole mindset on this. Yeah, right? for sure. Because I've done 12 to 24, like I can do that carrying, what, 30 what it's all about is, is just is getting better i mean you know that's the kind of thing i told adam in the last one that you know my my goal for this year is pretty much not really a goal but my my theme for this year is no excuses you know i just want to get better so well we kind of like before iceland happened i was like okay we'll take it easy and just do the honor series this year and then i saw the 12-hour schedule for 2018 so i was like you're right, what are you doing? This date, this date, and this date. And this date. 
He's like, what? No. I'm like, what? Come on. Okay. Yeah, okay. to think if you're going March that's that's Vegasona. Performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. And we're back. So it sounds like you guys have all sorts of plans for more endurance next year. Yeah, I think my arms being twisted a little bit, so, so not too much. So not too much. Um, oh, I can't say that right now. <laughs> uh, that worked about the women, you know. You know that one. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, I only initially planned on doing uh, six races, uh, two tricks back this year, and, and one HH, and that all turned into a total of... Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Well, how about this weekend? Well, let's <laughs> do a first Canada 12 hour. Uh, so, you know, uh, added a few more races. Total team uh, races this year with, uh, I think, we made the fifth endurance event for me. Uh, and you know what? He's getting his perfect outfit. Until later, go home, right? Oh, yeah. See, now you're making me feel like I have to, I should be doing hurricane heats. I did not, the two, this year was the first year in the last three years that I didn't do at least a hurricane heat. I did I one. I didn't know what they were a year ago. 
I did uh, 2015, I did one, and then I did one in 2016. And I've never done anything more than a four hour because, well, as we all know, I'm a fatty. But I've never done more than a four hour because, like I said, I'm a fatty. But (laughs) but 2017, I didn't do, this is the first year I didn't do one. And I'm kind of feeling like I need to do, I don't know, I'm going to have to think about that. I may need to do one next year. Well, apparently it was the hearing of the first, and I kind of just fell into it. It was uh, actually Dave's fault. <laughs> Blame Dave. Kind of just, it's all Dave. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I kind of just, like, I don't know about this HH. And then he's like, oh, I'm like, oh, that one was so bad. And he's like, we'll do the biggest 12-hour. And that happened to be Chaw's first 12-hour that he was left alone to. Yeah. That was just absolutely brutal. Well, then you did the Ultra, uh, Ultra Beast in... Uh, Hawaii, right? Yeah. That was yeah. I'd rather do that than charge for 12 hours in Vegas. I don't know. I just remember you passing me and I'm like, geez, Louise. Back, so. I remember you passing me in Hawaii and I'm like, geez, I haven't even finished one and she's already on second lap. <laughs> um, well, you know, they are doing a 12 hour in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for it. I'm That's just trying to. Talk right into it. She, she tried to talk me into doing the 12, and the 12 in Hawaii and I'm like, you know, I just want to do the race and enjoy Hawaii. Yeah. You're going to do it all, man. I just want to get the trifecta. This will be my third year there, and I haven't finished all three races yet. Oh, it's your year. This is my year. The first year, I, I, you know, I had the broken foot, so it didn't go well, but I tried anyway. Hey, that's all you got to do. Tell the line. Yep. You know, better than the couch, right? Yes, it is. It's like, you know, you said earlier, Ryan, that, you know, when you finish that first lap of the ultra, you were ready to quit and Tess is looking at you like, what the F are you talking about? You know, and that's our group. That's the way yeah. things are. I mean, when you're ready to quit, you know, there's always someone in the group going, what? No, you're not. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. You know, and that's what's awesome. Yeah. I was like, you want to get this? And you're going to go back out there. Exactly. Sometimes that reason and purpose are crazy.
I mean, we've been to a bunch where it's cool. So it's just a different venue. Yeah, that's awesome, you know. So you had to take an eight-hour plane? <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever works. You know, sometimes some people sleep on that eight hours. I think we, we ended up watching movies. I sleep the whole damn time. Hey, you know, it sounds like, I, I see, I wish I would have gone. I mean, I don't think, I'll be honest, like I said, I'm a fatty. I don't think I'm ready for that big of a, uh, that, that big of a oh, commitment yet. No. You're good. You could just walked all 24 hours and then fight. Probably because I'm, I'm crazy because, you know, it's like most people say I, I did. I mean, I don't know if you know, I did a full marathon a month ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 congratulations. Because I'm retarded, but. <laughs> I think we all say that to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you hit that point where you're like, why am I out here? Why did I sign up for this? Well, I'm already here. I might as well keep going, but this was stupid. <laughs> it's about hour six into a 12 hour. Yeah. 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 Middle of the night, where there's no lights, except for the headlamp. And the trails mark so well, and you just are getting lost in Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least it's Canada. They're nice in Canada. They are. Tricky <laughs> was scared of Ryan. He's like, I know. That was my, that was my first, first 12 hour event. Uh, I was actually uh, nursing a, uh, a sprained ankle from from Vancouver and hiking beforehand, and uh, being being the only one out there on the course of loft and getting turned around. Uh, eventually, you were the only one that was on. Really. I was by myself when uh, when Cookie drove up on a rafter saying, "Hey, I I, I just came up with a new rule," and uh, basically I turned to him and I said. Uh, I'm finishing this course on my own, or you're going to have to drag me off this course. You know, and, and for me, whether or not I was getting cut at that point in the event, uh, the hack was to go finish the sprint race with your rough on and all the weight. Uh, whether or not he was going to cut me because I, I missed the hack, uh, I was still going to finish the sprint course itself. That yeah. was my end goal. See, you did finish. You you got the ultra on the, the go. You you finished. Tessa there to say, hey, you can talk about quitting, but it isn't happening, so which is good.
Uh, I ended up buying three hot dogs. I bought two for me, uh, one for Glenn McCormick, uh, and then uh, Sean, I can't remember Sean's last name. Uh, I had asked him if he had anything to eat. He said no, so I, I gave him my third hot dog and said, hey, eat this, because we got to go hit the course again. we got to get out there. And, and uh, so... I got to get something in you for some energy, you know, and, and that's and that was it, you know. It's like, hey, we got to hit it, we got to go. So. And see, that's what's great about you know Spartan in general, and like people like you, is it was one of those things where people are they're not self they're not self uh, they're selfless. They help each other. I mean, it's one of those things you didn't think about just yourself and say, hey, I need some hot dogs. It's like, hey, if you eating here, have a hot dog. I mean, people help each other out and keep each other going. You know, it's like, you know, you said when you came off and said, I'm done. And Tessa's like, no, but then you said, you are and Tessa and everybody's like, nope, no, you're not. Let's keep going. And, and that's what I love about Spartan and love about the beast. I mean, it's everybody's like that. You know, you mentioned that. And for Spartan in general, I, I think that because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're a member of beasts or not. I know that if I see somebody, somebody struggling with, with something, I'm, I'm going to offer my help, uh, and, and the same goes around for me. Somebody sees me struggling, they, they've offered a hand, uh, whether it be on that wall or or that platform or whatever, you know. It's, it's, uh, people are willing to help each other out, you know, and, and that's, what's, that's what's nice about about the Spartan race, you know, is what I see. And our race community. And it is. I mean, that's one thing I can – every race I've done, I mean – Normally, like I said, I usually start in Vegas or Vegasona every year is usually my first Spartan of the year. And normally I'm there by myself, which, you know, is fine because you're really never alone. But uh, every race, it's like you, you get up to that wall and you go to help somebody over. And the next thing you know, you've helped like 10 or 15 people. It's like, hey, come on, let's go. Everybody over this wall. Everyone's yeah. making it. Let's go. And, and that's what I love about Spartan is there's always somebody to help. And most of them, you don't even have to ask. There's somebody going, hey, do you need a hand over this wall? Hey, do you need this? I mean, it's it's amazing. It's a great community. I did a bad job at fake check in Iceland because I was like, um, Spartan, they threw me volunteer. I went in the Philippines subway. She was very helpful to everybody during the Agogi, whether we needed hot chocolate or fruits. See, I heard that from somebody else, too. I don't remember who, but somebody else said that about Tessa. Yeah. Glenn, he blended. I know that. Yeah, I mean. We had extra clothes for yards. I gave her my reindeer when I was volunteering. I was like, here's my rubber boots, too. Yeah. <laughs> ice, here, ice with rubber boots on. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was uh... I mean, I wanted, they're all my friends. Mm-hmm. And even if they weren't my friends, I wanted to make sure if I was there and I was volunteering at that moment, I wanted to make sure that they had what they needed to finish what they started. Yeah. Even though I couldn't finish it, I wanted them to be able to have that for themselves. I just did whatever I could just to make it happen. See, and that's, that's what makes it amazing about you. Is, I mean, most people would have been so emotionally drained and whatever from having to give up or to tap out. I guess give up is not the right word, but to tap out that they would have just walked away where you stayed to make sure that everybody else 
you know, it's like I said, it's that selfless thing. It's like you stayed to make sure everybody else was able to continue on. Yeah, I kind of went, went and took a nap, but I was like, yeah, they're not sleeping, so I need to sleep for. And I was coming off that from the goatee. So I just, uh, I didn't feel like it was my place to sleep yet. That's awesome. All right, well, which probably finishes up. It's been great talking to you both. Um, I look forward to seeing you in this next year and seeing what great things you're going to do. Um, yeah. If anybody wants to join us in... Arizona, Vegas, obviously Seattle. Um, those are our first 12s we're going to do. Right on. So I'll wait here back on the Hawaii 12 for Ryan, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you've already probably talked him into it. He just hasn't admitted to it yet. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's part of it, you know. Uh, I, I, do know I do know that uh, I think that, so I know that I've gone out of my comfort zone and, and done more of these. And, uh, uh, you know, the thing about Spartan is is they want us to, to get more people off the couch and, and onto the course. Uh, and I mean, work, uh, with more people that, that I teach uh, exercise to, to, to see if I can't convince some of them and talk some of them into to some of these races. It's kind of hard when you're showing up with bruises on your arms and your elbows and they think you're killing yourself. Yeah. But, uh, you know... They get to see the pictures and everything and, and see the, the, the joy and the excitement, the smiles. It's all smiles, mostly. It is. You know, when, when you're going through these obstacles. Yeah, and we, we tried once, and again, I asked for that one, though, from Mark Sears, and so I won the um, Warrior State of Mind entry fee into the Ultra. Yeah. And then Spartan gave me the Gobies for people that wanted to do it. So I wrote my why I write and stuff to him. yourself back together and do it again. Uh, a loss of Fugazi. We'll have to make more for your state of mind. 
Yeah, Warrior State of Mind's got some good ones, too. We are such a large community that are commingled and cross-borders and and everything like that. Who should we tell? Tell the news. Warrior State of Mind? No, we can figure that out now. <laughs> oh, great. So now you're going to have this big thing that you just said, hey, this news about Warrior State of Mind, and boom, it's gone. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> well, the Warrior State of Mind, they have a challenge. Uh, it, is a, it is a team challenge. Uh, with It's a four-person team. Yeah. And uh, there's uh, different aspects to your, your physical fitness and everything that you have to perform. And each team member is given one of these uh, four aspects per quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a year-long uh, event uh, based on the point uh, tally of, of who will be the ultimate winner. Uh, but uh, so, so it's a four-man team. And so, you know, uh, a lot of people between Wasm and, uh, and BSOCR who who are also on the Watson, uh, are looking for teams and partners. So, uh, you know, seeing as, as Jeff and I, we went and did that first uh, 12-hour HH in Canada, we've, we've met a couple, a few great people up in there, Simon Lee, Ray Venstra, Glenn McCormick. Uh, so we reached out to a couple of our uh, international international brothers, and uh, we've, we've formed a four-man team. Uh, we'll be... Uh, Rob Bass is internationally known. Um, we'll use, you know, it'll take two. That'll be our uh, theme song. <laughs> nice. You know, so. Well, that's good. But, it does pick him up at the airport. Not at any rate. You know, it's, it's supporting Beast, supporting Wasm, supporting Spartan 40, West Coast Spartan, uh, Canada. Jesse, and uh, West Coast Obstacles. You know, such a big group that we that we have around in this area. Yeah, and uh, just a large community of helping each other and and supporting each other. So, oh yeah, yeah, it's a huge family. I mean, it's like when I did Vegas last year, I ended up running with Warrior Matt Solom with Warrior State of Mind um, on the sprint and carrying the core flag for that whole run because nice. that was the. The what two weeks after that accident for the three core core people last year, and we ended up carrying the core flag through the whole thing, and it was all you know me from the beast and then Warrior State of Mind that carried it through the whole course, and that was pretty cool to you know have Matt invite me to do that with him. So that was you know uh, yeah great. We have a lot that we do with our sister teams. I have home more than you know for me, so I don't even that happened. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, it's been fun talking to you. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get to, get out of here and um, yeah, I'm sure I will see you guys really well, soon. Yeah, thank you for having us on. If you uh, want to go to Arizona or anybody else does, I do, yeah. but I don't think I can afford that one. I, I got to kind of yeah. I think this is gonna be my last year of big travel, so I got to kind of pick which ones I'm gonna do. So well, you gotta just coordinate with people because it gets cheaper and cheaper. Yeah, no. know. More people. Places to stay. I fortunately have a friend in uh, Arizona, so we just basically have to do a plane flight because I volunteered, so I pay for all our entry fees with my time. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to Vegas. Is my first one. Talking into point. 
I think I have six codes that I, I have to figure out what I'm doing with for next year. <laughs> team lead all the time so I end up getting to know all this the people behind the scenes in Spartan because I'm always dealing with them and that but yeah It's always a blast talking to you guys. So. And we'll see you where we jump in the water. Oh, yeah. We'll see you there. <laughs> Make a new goal for the new year. Oh, yeah. On a course or on a trail or in a race somewhere. Oh, we'll see you. Like, we always run into each other. See you soon. Bye. Yeah, I'm still there. I'm, I'm still, yeah. I'm going to make that sound bite out of that and just send it to you. So just so you know. <laughs> Get in the light. Get your clothes off. have fun. I will see you guys soon. Alright, thanks Mike. Right. Take care. You too. Adios. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast, brought to you by the Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Like us? Great. Join us at Facebook or BeastOCR.com and thank you.